What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. If you're new to the ministry, welcome. We'd love to have you come hang out with us. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, clicking the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group on Facebook where we've got thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. A couple months ago, I picked up a book called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family by a guy named Paul David Tripp. Uh, And you guys, it has been so so good. So good. Um, listen, there are tons and tons and tons of parenting books out there, but there are very few that are tying it back to the gospel. Like, how does this whole thing of Jesus actually make sense in our parenting? How do we go from just surviving and trying to manage our kids' behavior to actually raising kids who love Jesus and uh, who are following Jesus and passionate about Jesus? And it's just hard to find good resources like that. So there's this book called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. I picked it up. It's been amazing. Uh, That led me, after reading through it, I've gone through it numerous times, but uh, it led me to look up Paul David Tripp online, and I saw that he's doing this parenting conference. Uh, so my wife and I were going to go to the conference. Uh, we were like trying to book flights and hotels and all this stuff. It ended up getting like really expensive, and I'm like, dang it, we're not going to be able to go to this conference. I don't think we can pull away from the kids for that long, and we just don't have the money to, to afford going right now. Um, so I thought next best case scenario, let me just reach out and try to see if I can get Paul, uh, on the, on the podcast. And by some miracle, Paul uh, and his team wrote back and say he would love to do it. And also they informed me that this conference that I was trying to go to this parenting conference, which I've read reviews about people, parents are like raving about this parenting conference. Uh, I found out that they're streaming it online. Uh, so you don't have to fly and go. So we literally are like saving thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, $25 gets me and my wife a ticket, uh, an online like virtual streaming license so that her and I can watch it live. And then for like three or four weeks after the conference, we can go back and watch it uh, again. So you guys, this is like best case scenario. Paul's on the show. Uh, today he's gonna he's gonna kind of give us a, a glimpse of what the conference is like and some material that he'll be covering. The guy is just brilliant. Uh, he has his doctorate. Uh, he's just a really smart guy, and he's gonna give us some insights on gospel centered parenting in today's interview. And then also, you can now go to at the end of this month, September 29th and 30th, you can pick up a ticket, a virtual streaming license, so that you can watch the conference online live, and then for a couple weeks afterwards. And they hooked us up with a five percent off every ticket um, if you enter the code dad tired at checkout. So it's like best case scenario. This is an incredible interview. Again, like I said, Dr. Tripp is so incredibly smart. He gives really high level gospel centered stuff and then also some like really practical stuff. If you're driving right now, I would recommend listening to this podcast now and then also probably later with like notepad because you're going to want to take notes. There's some really, really good stuff here. So anyway, without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Paul David Tripp. Paul, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, I just gave you a short introduction, but in your own words, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Well, I'm I'm Paul Tripp. I've been married for many years, have pro- grown children, and my mission in life is to connect the transforming power of Jesus Christ to everyday life, The what I call the nowism of 
the gospel, and I do that through writing and producing resources and speaking someplace around the world. <laughs> yeah. So you just uh, recently released a book called Parenting, uh, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family, and and I can attest to that. It's been super helpful uh, for me as a young dad. Uh, one of the questions I had as I was reading through was, I was thinking that, you know, as a young parent, I, I've got a four and a six-year-old, we have a lot of young listeners, a lot of, as far as uh, parents go, a lot of young dads listening in, and and we get so caught up in the details of the day-to-day parenting. There's a lot of us who just feel like we're trying to survive, and we kind of just, we we lose the overall uh, story of what God's doing. Like, why are we even parents? Why did God invent parenting? What is our mission as parents? Uh, What is this whole, what's the purpose of this whole thing? Can you kind of put into words for us, as followers of Jesus, what is our purpose as parents? So our, your, your purpose is to function as God's representative, God's ambassadors. The goal of parenting is not to produce what I want in my children and what I want to get from my children. The, the, the question of parenting is, what does God want to form in the lives of my children, and how can I be, be part of that? And, and so it, it really is functioning as an instrument of what, God wants to do in the lives of our children. And you really have to keep that, that big picture in view. If you don't do that, what you tend to do is you load the entire burden and welfare of your children on your shoulders every morning. And if you do that, no wonder you're exhausted and frustrated and discouraged. Uh, what I wake up in the morning knowing is that I have no ability to change my children, none. It's not my mm-hmm. job. I am but an instrument in the hands of the one who has the power to change my children. And so I don't have to carry that burden because he does. And I want to ask the question every day, what is it like today to be God's tool in the life of this child? Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I was hoping for, like a lot of young dads, is I, I really wanted a lot of practical <laughs> uh, help, uh, you know, when reading through the book. But you talk about in the beginning of the book, you say, before we can get to any practical advice, we must first understand God's grace in our own lives. Uh, explain that to us. Why Why is understanding God's grace so important? Well, there's there's two reasons for that. First, no one gives grace better than a person who knows he needs it himself. The more that I'm in tune with my own daily desperate need of grace and that I have a wise Heavenly Father who patiently doles out that grace to me, the more I realize I'm more like my children than unlike them, the more I'm going to be a tool of God's grace in their life. I'm going to find joy in giving grace. The second thing is that uh, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say things as a parent that I shouldn't say. I'm going to do things that I I shouldn't do. And it's so wonderful to know that um, the message of Scripture is, the message of the gospel is a message of fresh starts and new beginnings. God doesn't mock me in my failure. He doesn't turn his back on me. He's not disgusted, but he... He greets me with rescue and 
transforming, transforming grace. And, and so uh, that means I can face failure and continue to move on. Yeah, and that idea is huge because I feel like um, what, one of the things that I've that has stuck out to me as a new parent is thinking through. I'm trying to raise kids who fall in love with Jesus, who are faithful followers of Jesus, uh, and yet uh, my junk has never been more real to me than when I got married and when I had kids. My sin was never so obvious um, to me as, as until I got married and had kids, and I realized, my, like, man, I'm trying my best to to help my kids fall in love with Jesus and to be obedient and faithful and and uh, understand his gospel. And yet I don't feel like I fully have my stuff together. Like, what, what would you say to that, the dads that resonate with that thought? Well, I, I think what you have to say is that's, that's God's plan. That's not a mistake. It's exactly what God wants to do. He, he wanted to use broken people to rescue broken people. He wanted mm. flawed moms and dads to rescue flawed children. Because when I am comfortable with that, then I quit making about me, about what I want and my little sovereignty and my plan and my comfort and my ease. I realize it's about God. And, and we together are in desperate need of what only he can give us. That, that brokenness is not a mistake. It's exactly what God had in mind for you. Hmm. So, so in that moment, you trust him, not yourself. You talk a lot about in the book, um, you, the, the difference between parenting the heart of our kids versus parenting their behavior. And, uh, and there's, all of us can relate to just constantly trying to manage the behavior of our children, which seems exhausting uh, and never ending. But you talk a lot about like uh, that behavior is simply an indication of what's going on in the heart. Can you give us some examples of what what it looks like to parent the heart versus simply parenting behavior? Sure. Uh, let me just give you the overview first. That that if you if you really believe that your job is to control and regulate behavior, uh, then, then what you will, you will tend to do is ask the law to do what only grace can accomplish. You will think that parenting is about setting up a neat set of regulations with a, an accompanying set of enforcements. And what the Bible would say is if, if all our children needed were rules and enforcement, Jesus would have never had to come. Hmm. Uh, now, the law is important for our children because the law does a great job of exposing sin. The law is, is a wonderful guide for everyday living, but it has no power whatsoever to rescue and transform your children. So when, when little Johnny or Susie or teenage John or Sue messes up, Rather than just going in and announcing wrong and attaching some kind of punishment to it, I want to go into the room asking the question, what has God revealed about this child in this moment? What is God seeking to do for this child in the moment? And Mm -hmm. how can I be part of that? And so I'm never just satisfied with... Uh, 
rules and regulations. I'm thankful for rules and regulations. I'm thankful for the exercise of authority because authority is necessary, but it provides me an opportunity to get at issues, issues of the heart. Um, I, I, I'm going to take time to do this. There, there are five questions that I tell parents to ask all the time. This is very practical. First question is what was going on? Just get a sense of the situation. Second question to ask your child is, what were you thinking and feeling that was happening? That's asking your child to look at his heart. Mm. Uh, you can be a young child and answer that question. That's a good question for a 30-year-old. What was going on in my heart? I'm teaching the child that their heart is, is always active. Third question is, what did you do in response? That's choices behavior. Why is that the third question, not the second? Because I'm teaching children that that response was caused by what was going on in their heart. Fourth question, why did you do it? What were you seeking to accomplish? That goes after motives. Uh, so I've, I've now surrounded bracketed behavior with the thoughts and the motives of the heart. Fifth question is, what was the result? Uh, harvest, the Bible would call that. Now, th those are those are five questions the child will never ask yourself that directs your child to connect behavior to the heart, to the thoughts and desires of the heart, and, and then to the resultant consequences, results, harvest. Now, the first time I had that question, I asked those questions, it was with a situation with my four-year-old and my two-year-old. And they gave me single word answers, but the answers were actually really pretty profound in their implications. And what I realized is I'm not going to have a finished conversation, but I'm planting seeds. I'm assembling a puzzle for them. And every conversation advances us a little more. I think parents get into the, the, the mistaken notion that they have to win every time. Yeah. Winning is not what you're trying to do. Because as God works in our life as the wise Heavenly Father, change is a process and not an event. I know I'm having one conversation of 50,000 conversations we're going to have in the time you're in my home. And I just want to gain a little more ground for you to understand the issues of your heart and your need for a Savior. And every, every situation is another opportunity to do that. Yeah, and I think that it's helpful in that moment to to go back to the first question and what's the big picture of parenting? What's the purpose of parenting? And because most of the time, uh, with what you just described, which by the way was super helpful, I, I was like taking notes, even though this is going to be recorded. <laughs> I'm taking notes and figuring out I'm going to use this on my own kids later. But um, you know, oftentimes for me, it's I, I'm in a moment where I'm either embarrassed or frustrated or impatient, uh, and so I lose sight of. What am I actually trying to, how am I partnering with God and what he's trying to do in my my kid, my children's hearts? Um, and instead, I'm just reacting uh, based on their behavior because I'm, I'm embarrassed because they're misbehaving in the grocery store in front of my friends or or whatever. Um, or I'm just feeling impatient. I'm trying to get something done. And, and at that point, I just want them to behave. And I've lost sight of what God's actually trying to do. Let me respond to that. What's your, if I could say it a phrase, what you're doing is you're personalizing things. You, you respond because you're embarrassed or the child has stepped on your sensibilities or they've irritated you. And let me explain what happens then. Uh, if, 
if you see something wrong going on in your child, if your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the sin, weakness, and failure of one of your children, it's never an accident, it's never an interruption, it's never a hassle, it's always grace. God loves that child. He's put him in a family of faith, and he will expose the need of that child so that you can be a tool of God's rescue and transformation. Hmm. Now, here's what this means. If I don't get that, what I will do is I will personalize this moment of ministry. And when I do that, here are four things that happen. First, I will, person, I will turn a moment of ministry into a moment of anger. This is a God-given moment of ministry, a moment of grace. God set it up so I can represent him. I'll turn that moment of ministry into a moment of anger. Second thing, I will do that because I personalize what is not personal. Hmm. I make it all about me. Now, my child didn't wake up in the morning and say, at 2.35, I'm going to irritate my father. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just not what's going on. Uh, the third thing is, because I personalize what is not personal, I will be adversarial in my response. It's not me for my children. It's me against my children because I've personalized this thing. And then the fourth thing, and this is really sad, I will settle for quick situational solutions that don't get to the heart of the matter. I will bark uh, uh, judgment. I will announce a punishment and I'll walk away. And that child is utterly unchanged because I've personalized something. That whole process goes in a different direction. Yeah, and and part of what I'm thinking there as you say that is, uh, it, it made me think of in, later in the book, you said that uh, it is only rest in God's presence and grace that will make you a joyful and patient parent. Um, and and when I read that, I felt convicted because I, I don't feel joy, joyful and patient. I feel like I'm often, uh, like many parents and many of the dads that are part of our community, feel like we're, we're short-tempered, we're impatient, we're quick, we're making it about us, uh, we're personalizing that. Um, can, you, can you talk to us about what it, what it looks like to rest uh, in God's presence and grace, that, that we're not just constantly responding to behavior, but we're, we actually feel rested and grace so that in those moments we can parent the way you're describing? So I, I, I wake up knowing that it's impossible for me to be alone in my parenting because God is ever with me. I wake up knowing that God never calls me to a task without enabling me to do what he's called for me to do. I wake up knowing that of all the things that I could do with my life, there's nothing that's more important or a greater honor than, than this thing called parenting. I wake up knowing that I get to be a witness to miraculous things that God does in my children. It's, it's the nature of calling. I mean, think, think of Moses, Moses' calling. Here's a, you would look at his, Moses' ministry life, and it was full of trouble. But he got to watch bodies of water part because of the will of God. Mm. Edible food fall from heaven because of the will of God. Rocks give forth water because of the will of God. He got to see amazing, incredible things. 
And I get to see that with my children. I get to see a child who actually comes to me and says, Dad, I'm sorry, I was wrong. That's the powerful spirit of God working in the heart of my child. What an amazing thing. Mm. And so you've got to force yourself to see the big picture of the glory, the honor, the wonder of what you've been called to do, and that you're never called to do it alone. Here's the best way to say it. If you're a parent, you've been called to something you have no ability to do. But you don't have to. God doesn't. God didn't call you to be a parent because you're able. He called you to be a parent because He's able. Man, Moses had Moses had no ability to give Israel what they needed, none. But God did. Moses just had to be willing to do what God called for him to do. Yeah, and I think I think I mean, how can you? When you see that big picture, how can you not have joy in that? Man, I'm I brought to my eyes are getting teary. I just hearing you say that, and I'm reminded of just how great of a calling it is, and uh, what a privilege it is to 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 have uh, God's will that we get to have these children in our home and get to point them back to Him and watch these miracles every day. That what a huge reminder. Thank you for that. Um, I, I I just started coaching my kid. My my son's only six years old, so he's just starting to get into sports, and um, I'm coaching him. And I'm finding myself like uh, wanting him to do well, and and not just for because he's enjoying it, but but somewhat because of my pride. I want my son to be one of the best kids on the team, and I'm watching my uh, other parents as they watch their kids uh, have that same kind of identity put onto their kids, and uh, it, just sports in general has that has a way of doing that. But what I've, I'm recognizing that this is a dangerous game, and uh, uh, as I'm trying to find identity through my son, can you talk to us about some of the dangers um, that come along with us finding identity in our children? Yeah, it's it's really it's really quite tempting. I think probably in ways tempts every parent to place your identity on the shoulders of your children. It's, it's a horrible burden for children to have to carry the parents' identity. But you gotta say this, parenting is a miserable place to look for identity. Hmm. My, none of my children woke up in the morning and said to themselves, how today can I give my dad meaning and worth? <laughs> right, right. I mean, they just, they just never asked that question. and. And when you try to get your identity from your children, you will be all too focused on success, all too focused on control, all too focused on reputation. This, this last one is really important. More focused on doing than being. Mm. Because you want them to perform for your reputation rather than be transformed to God's glory. Hmm. Uh, and, and so you, 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 you have to, the only solution to that is to be in a place with your Savior where he holds your identity so you don't go to your children needing them to give you something that they're not going to give. Listen, asking for your children uh, to 
give you identity is asking for your kids to be your own personal savior. Hmm. And they're never going to pull it off. These are flawed, uh, selfish, uh, independence wanting little sovereigns. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just will never, ever deliver that to you. Yeah. You're doing something cool at the end of this month, September 29th and 30th. You're doing a parenting conference, which is not abnormal for you. You do a lot of parenting conferences. Um, but this particular one, uh, people are able to buy a ticket so that they can stream online from home so they don't have to travel. Uh, they can actually watch and participate in the conference um, from home. Uh, tell us about the conference and uh, why it would be so beneficial to parents. Well, we're going to we're going to look at these things that we've talked about in uh, greater detail with more practical help. And what's exciting about that is, is if you live in the United States, you can participate in the conference. Uh, you can do that as a whole church. You can do that as a small group, or you can do that as an individual. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, and you will walk away with a greater understanding of how the gospel of Jesus Christ reforms your parenting. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm very aware that this new book that is out and the seminar that I'm now doing, I couldn't have done 20 years ago. Hmm. Uh, it's a result of God being a faithful father to me so that I can help people with their parenting of others. Yeah. Well, Dr. Tripp, I know you're incredibly busy, so I really do appreciate you taking the time. I'll let our listeners know that you've been gracious enough to offer a discount for that online streaming. If the if people use the code DADTIRED at checkout, they can take 5% off their ticket um, when they watch that, which is very gracious. Thank you for doing that. Um, I'll also link your book, Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. I'll link that in the show notes so that people can pick up the book as well. But thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us today. Well, it's been great to have this conversation. God bless your work. God bless you. Thank you. 